Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of Why Press Play. This time we're going back to 1979. <laughs> and joining us in the studio is uh, former iRadio and Spin uh, Breakfast Morning Show legend, uh, stand-up comedian from Dublin and uh, current pr- proprietor of the uh, Project 10 podcast Yo. that you can find anywhere online. Proprietor? 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 That sounds very fancy. Far too fancy than, than <laughs> what it actually is, Gordon. Yeah, take off that bow tie. Uh, we have Cormac <laughs> Moore in the studio. How are you going, Cormac? Good, man. Thank you very much for having us. Uh, absolutely. It's, uh, it's a pleasure. Um, so this is your choice. We're doing Super 8 today, the J.J. Abrams uh, mm. kid classic horror monster yeah, yeah. movie from 2011. And uh, you chose this from the annals. Is that how you pronounce that? From the annals yes, of your mind. Good. Uh, what, what the Super Eight? Super Eight, the, yeah. And because I've only I only watched it recently, right? And it had been one of those movies where I had been constantly scanning over it and kind of going, meh, whatever. You the see, the cover it, doesn't say much. It doesn't say anything at all. Mm. So I, I kind of looked at it, and the name Super Eight, I was just like, it meant nothing to me. Yeah. So it, Netflix kept going, "You're going to love this," and I was like, <laughs> "Shut up, Netflix! Stop it, Netflix!" Yeah, with your on. thumbs up and thumbs down, <laughs> yeah, and your algorithm Fucking knowing me better than I know myself. Amy Schumer, what a cunt! So uh, she ruined it for everybody. So like. Uh, uh, Super 8 as you're looking at the cover and this is kind of like the epitome of what White Press Play tries to do right. is go like look past a, a recommendation from an algorithm from a computer's brain and go like <laughs> this This is actually something you should watch don't mm. ignore this if it pops up in your feed I think it is on Netflix it is now a, that's where I saw it yeah and um, it's going to be taken away soon uh, no, I think it's it's just went up for the new October thing. We we will have uh, on the website in the future. The website is not live at the moment, but we will have uh, what's coming on and what's going off on Netflix, including movies and TV yeah, shows. Yeah. Uh, they do like a monthly roundup. But this one is definitely get onto it. Uh, beautiful movie has like overtones of ET, the Goonies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's especially like uh, with it coming out the cinema now recently. There's like a whole bunch of kids going off on an adventure. You with see, a I monster think, at the start of it, something like Stranger Things as well is huge. That's that. That's it. They're kind of gone for this '80s nostalgia buzz. Now yeah. I know it's 1979. It's set in, but it's still pretty much the same. Yeah. Now I hope that there, there isn't going to be overkill because it came out very similar style. Stranger Things, which I loved, very very similar style, even in how it's shot and how it's filmed and the storyline. But Super Eight. Uh, yeah, f- f- nudges into that category of, as I said, E.T. versus the Coonies versus something crazy. But like, like most of the other stuff, though, that J.J. Abrams does, this was cool 
before it was cool. Mm. Uh, he he is a bit of a visionary. We, we'll we'll suck all over his knob <laughs> in about twenty five <laughs> minutes or half an hour. Um, but like nowadays, all the stuff from the eighties is pure like back in back yeah. in style. The yeah, uh, yeah, the yeah. national health glasses and the check shirts, the Ben Shermans and. Uh, all the, uh, the unemployment, a- unemployment, <laughs> fear of communism. Look, there all this you go. Kind of Actually, stuff. we it's are all, back in the eighties. It, it is, yeah. We're Rus- in a bit of a cold war now with North Korea. The Russians are coming. Yeah, it just seems um, communism. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but like it, it, it just seems that like J.J. Abrams had his finger on the pulse back then. It was kind of like, as he says himself, a love letter to the Steven Spielberg movies of the the early seventies. And, and he and, and, and Spielberg produced it as well, which I only I mean, found out recently. Is is J.J. Abrams the, the, the second coming of Christ? Is and, he and, and Abrams <laughs> used to redevelop Super 8 or convert Super 8 films for Spielberg? Or is that the... Yeah, I'm pretty but sure in, I read in, that as in well. A, in a yeah. workshop. Yeah. And, and Steven oh, Spielberg came down to him and went, You, my son, <laughs> you are the best worker with the film. Come, I will show you the secrets. <laughs> and, he, he, and, and over every uh, uh, digital copy of the, of the <laughs> films, they say this like magic incantation and then it just shoots to the top of the charts in the, mo- in the movie instead, box office. Instead of Mecca, they have to point to IMDb at that's, 6 o'clock every year. I will teach you the secret to make <laughs> hit movies, no matter about whatever it is about. This is Steven Spielberg. Spielberg. No, no, no matter whatever it is about, you can have it be about children chasing a monster or indeed uh, a totally revamped and redone stalwart <laughs> science fiction property. You can do it and no one will care. And then it'll be a 30-year montage of trading up in the mountains with the Buddhist monk who is Steven Spielberg. Like Batman Begins. I think so, yeah. Abrams Begins could be a new uh, kind of of version. I like where we're going with this. We should write this down and pitch it in. Definitely, definitely. I want to see uh, J.J. Abrams' biopic, how that happens. He just comes down where he's like slaving in the film mines, digging up all the film. It'd be so weird if it was exactly how you described it. Four hours of, hey, my son, you come and do the movie. Let me tell you. It's not a Jewish voice that I'm doing at all, Spielberg. Uh, if you're listening, Steve, I, I guess uh, hi, get in touch. We love to talk. Yeah, come on, um, show. I will. I will hopefully at some point run into JJ Abrams. I'm going to be stalking him around LA mm. uh, when I go to America for those conspiracy guys. Like, there's not much you can say about how good he is without sounding like you're licking his hole. Yeah. But the stuff that he's put into this film, particularly because this was his first official written, produced, directed solo kind of, yeah, not yeah. solo, but like... He had a lot of control over it. Yeah, it wasn't It wasn't a, a, a reboot or it wasn't an already existing property or it wasn't a sequel or mm. it wasn't, you know, he had done TV, but like high level TV mm. in the in the age of peak TV and in 2011, which is six years ago I now, know. kids. That's a long time in, in uh, future land. Uh, it definitely is. And see, I was kind of annoyed when I was watching it because I, I dissed it so much. I didn't bother my whole ever watching. It. I was annoyed yeah. that it'd take me so many years to bother to sit down and watch it because it was so and good. The same with Cloverfield. Like yeah, that was yeah, one yeah. of those ones. And then Cloverfield Lane kind of, was, I, I didn't think it was great in the cast kind of a shadow over the first one, which is just CGI, uh, shaky cam, Blair Witch Project goodness. It's just mad crack. Mm. And we will be doing that later on on White Press Play as well. But uh, with Super 8 on the horizon, we just want to talk to Cormac and get to find out what he does when he's at home in his jocks. Cormac, you do a podcast called uh, Project 10. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave out what I do in my jocks uh, out of this just for the well, concern and the safety. That's how I make this show. Is that not? <laughs> yeah, I know, you'd put I some pants put on. I only pants when you fucking came here. Uh, yeah, no, I do a, a podcast called Project 10. It's a it's a 10-part kind of documentary style series. It's nothing to do with Jake Paul or any of those guys. No. From Team 10. 
No. And right. do you know what else funny I found out? Uh, Project 10, was it was that was the hardest part of the whole series was coming up with a name, right? And then it's not, I'll admit it's not that creative. I wanted to do a 10-part series and I was trying to come up with all these cool names, like something like Vice or something that would capture yeah. what I'm trying to do, you know? Uh, and I couldn't in the end. So it was just like Project 10 kind of it somewhat explains kind of what it is. So we'll just I, go with I, that. I think, it, I think it fits. Like it, mm. you have to have, I think uh, a lot of people have these uh, Infinity episode podcasts. Yeah that don't really fit into any structural narrative, mm. uh, which is beneficial in loads of ways. It means you can drop in and just start listening and you haven't missed anything. Mm. Or if it's like serialized, like Serial mm. or, you know, S-Town or yeah, yeah. Missing Mara Murray or any of these ones that have a start and an end. Yeah, yeah. And it's a structured narrative broken up into parts, like as it would be with like The Keepers on Netflix or any of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the way that... I think podcasts kind of work better is if there is some kind of a loose structural narrative yeah, yeah. or some kind of overarching. And when whenever you hear like lads going into TV stations when they're changing over from YouTube, they always get a producer's like, okay, guys, what's the overarching narrative? I mean, what's the, what's the hook? <laughs> what's the slug line on and this? You, and you have to like build this thing, be it natural or artificial. You have to build it in because it, it just works better with the human head. So with, with those yeah, conspiracy yeah. guys, I know that we put them into 14 episode seasons. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, you, you get the BBC style, which is six episode seasons. Yeah. And then the, uh, the the American network, which is like 23, 24, yeah, 25 yeah, yeah, episodes. Yeah, yeah. So you get like a feature length, 24, 25 double episode at the end, mm. like the way Lost was done or yeah, any yeah, of these yeah. ones. And I think that podcasting kind of between 10 and 14 is a really nice, comfortable amount and to say like this is a season yeah. and it, they can all have some kind of link like a throughput and, and the, the reason I was doing it that way as well was one to give myself some sort of end point so I would yeah. know to focus on 10 and we'll do and, yeah. and it was kind of a good way to, to get rid of a lot of the fluff as well so yeah. you have let's say you might have 20 topics but what are the ones that are most interesting to you that you might think might be easily done and just chop them down yeah so um, as uh, th- as your show goes on it's going to get more and more boring exactly yeah because they're <laughs> going to be the ones that you didn't want to do in the first you're going to front load the first That's three it. you'll be like these are amazing the rest I hate this. And once they're in, sure, the, the, the people are fans <laughs> yeah. for life. Yeah, and then I'm thinking, you know, if there's going to be, obviously, you do it as ten. If it if it goes well, which it has so far, thankfully, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, you'll know whether or not to keep going or whether to bin it and go get a job. <laughs> well, <laughs> at the end I mean? of September now, uh, at the time of recording, you have is it your third episode released this week? Not released this week. It's it's currently it's on the way. It's on the way. Okay. So I've been annoying people. I have the first couple of interviews done and just waiting for other people to get back to me uh, and, and wrap it up. But it's mad because for the first time this episode. I know the structure of the episode now mm. in my head. Yeah. And I'm looking for people to fill in what I think will be really interesting. You you do podcasting like uh, Michelangelo does statues. You see a block of granite and you're just like letting the statue come out of the rock rather than making the rock into a statue. There you go. I love I, it. I lock people in stone it's and good. go, it's from my podcast. Podcast Michelangelo. <laughs> but uh, you, you come from a radio background. So mm. I mean, there, there, it is high production. I've heard that the second episode I only listened to, which is about influencers, which yeah. is just like, kiss you on the butthole. Yeah. Uh, it's scathing, but at the same time, it's re- constructive. And yeah, you yeah. have a kind of a commentary on how society is in general. And that's what we try to do as well with mm. those conspiracy guys is take a topic. Like I always use this as an example, like the Marilyn Monroe episode. People listen to that expecting like the gory details of her getting drugs poured up her arse by the mafia or whatever. But what we really did was talk about like f- women in uh, uh, media during the 40s and 50s when it was tough. Uh, yeah. Uh, we talk about like suicide we talk about mental health we talk about um you know sexual abuse and mm. all of those things she suffered along the way yeah, yeah. and 
uh, you know the last half hour is like ah yeah and all the stuff you saw in the movies like and, and here's then, the gore you know, you're waiting for yeah, 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 yeah. but it, it, it like uh, I see the way you're doing it. it's more of a social commentary rather than just like here's the here's the facts make up your own mind you do put a bit of schmacked on it and it's kind yeah. of outside of your radio remit which was restrictively unbiased oh completely and and like from commercial radio that was owned by not even I don't even say owned by a billionaire the problem with radio uh, or not the is problem. fucking lawsuits is the problem with uh, radio. Lawsuits, you say anything about any cunt uh, but, but not even lawsuits is that obviously I was working for a, commu- a commercial music radio a youth radio station right so uh, when I initially started off I was doing a late night slot which I could do more of this kind of mm. content and I had much more freedom to talk about more serious controver- yeah. not controversial but a wider range of subjects because people don't get pissed off nighttime as easy as to do first and, thing in the and morning you're far more you, you'll consume more at nighttime as yeah. so the saying goes because you're more um you're not as busy or hectic trying to get to work you're winding down so you list more but when you're doing breakfast radio it's very formatted it's very rigid mm. and you haven't got the freedom to have a 20 minute conversation with someone sure you have to be lashing in uh, news weather uh, and, the and, time and, 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 and ads, music and traffic and, and music traffic. and all that shit yeah. and, and it's mad because you're licensed you have to play our license was you had to play a certain amount of music right. per hour you had to have a certain amount of news per hour you three had to hits have... back to back <laughs> pretty much yeah. so um, the pro- not the problem with that is and obviously you've, you've a different audience in the morning which yeah. are children in the car so you can't curse you can't uh, you can't even make like non-curse word allusions to sexual uh, sexual behaviour or I couldn't say pissed off yeah so you're getting abused for saying pissed off and you can't mention alcohol on the air in Ireland before 12 o'clock midday damn so if you even say I went there for a drink last night you could get uh, you, you could technically get have the station no you could have station lose their licence <laughs> you know what I mean to take Jesus. it that seriously so it, it's very restrictive and that's why I think podcasting is a lot better because you can do what you want and rather than reporting on the Kardashians, which a lot of the station was about, or celebrity yeah. reality culture, which I think people are getting fed up with now, uh, I wanted to do something a little bit more, something that I just found much more interesting than yeah. just clickbait bullshit, is what I like to call yeah, it. Yeah, but the thing is, like, y- you do have to come in under that uh, remit mm. to get it out there in the first place. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's nice the way you're uh, kind of encasing those larger topics. Like, what was your first episode on? It was on legalizing drugs to, like that prefer- is, to reduce if violence. If that's not clickbait... Yeah, yeah. At, at, at its highest level. But but when you get into it, you're all like, oh, it's like the TARDIS, you know? Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. bigger on the inside. As soon as you get into it, you're like, hey, let's have a look around yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know? I think that's one of the reasons why podcasts, like your podcast and a lot of other podcasts are doing really well, is that people want more than the superficial yeah. tiny little bit of stuff where yeah. where the expectation is built up like shocking you'll never believe something yeah. that Gordon just did number four will blow your mind yeah. and then you go in and it's nothing and you're really pissed off and the problem is you can't measure that through analytics you can't measure how pissed off someone is after reading your crap online but they still get the hit on the website so it's job done everyone's successful pat on the back we make money so yeah. I think people want to go people who like podcasts I think want to go a little bit deeper into uh, hearing about topics and uh, enjoy listening exactly. and exploring the different alternatives instead of just, as I said, the clickbait bullshit headlines. But that's why Audible is is getting so much traction nowadays. Yeah. And, and podcasts in general, like there's more people listening in Ireland to podcasts than there ever were. Yep. Uh, f- as of 2016, it was 57 million regular podcast listeners in the US. Like that's a ferocious amount of people to be listening, to have as an audience, a potential audience yeah. that you can just make a show in your jocks and 57 million people could listen to it and that, yeah, that's, and that market is growing whereas Absolutely. radio is declining it's yeah. going the exact opposite yeah. um, but so. I think it is the freedom in the age of fake news in the age of I think lowest common denominator media there's a yep. lot of people out there who are going like I'm not th- I'm not that tick 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm but not that thick. It's just, it's this whole business model of the only thing that matters is the click. Yeah. Because once the click comes on to, like the station I work for, we had a screen up in the newsroom, which was just on Google Analytics real time, right? Yeah. And if that fell below 100 people on the website, you had to get an article out and you had to jump that back up. And the success was based on uh, how many people were on the site. It wasn't mm. how long people were reading the content, how much people were sharing it or engaging yeah. with it. And, but you see, that's how you make the money. So you can't, yeah. in a way, you can't blame them because sure, you're that's advertising. The model. That's the model that's, that's the made. Model. Yeah. But this is what's happening. And we'll talk about this again. Uh, like, you will definitely join us on those Conspiracy oh. Guys episodes oh, yes. in season six, right? But, uh, and we'll talk about it more because this is maybe not the remit of this show. Perfect. But we, 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 we will get off into it. Like, I think that, like, Google and YouTube, um, the way they're working with stuff and the, the rise of fake news, uh, this kind of stuff <laughs> is making people more aware of what they don't like because yeah, yeah. a lot of the time they're not looking and the reason they're not looking is because the last five times they looked they only saw shit yeah so they're like well i'm not looking there anymore and it's the reason why people are not watching tv that mm-hmm. uh you know millennials are 85 percent of them say of those surveyed 85 percent say that they pay for some sort of a streaming media service mm. and only pirate the 15% who don't say they only pirate when they can't find what they're wanting to watch yeah, yeah. on a legitimate yeah, paid yeah. streaming yeah, service. Yeah. So that's interesting, you know, yeah. Like uh, piracy made for indep- made the business for independent media consumption. Yeah. So if you're like pirating a, a TV series, it's only because the stations that you have won't put that TV yeah, yeah, series yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. And now that we live, I said, in, in a kind of global environment where if why does america get it a month before we get it screw yeah. that like i want it now and as i said like I'd, i i don't really turn or, or pirate it anymore Me because either, like, i get what i want through i pay for spotify yeah. and i pay for netflix uh, i've been paying for itunes music since it was launched I, i've I, never done i have, haven't done all the song i think of more than five years like but but i've started renting movies off itunes yeah. now because if that has what i want it's not i do on it netflix. on youtube it's like two dollars a night i haven't done uh paid for renting on youtube yet because i haven't but everything, has everything had, is on google uh, on google play Everything is on it. Yeah. And it's $2 or whatever for all the old 70s and 80s movies. The movies we were talking about on this show, you can go on to YouTube, type it in, and pay $2 and you can watch it like yeah, yeah, in yeah. HD. It's yeah, yeah. phenomenal. So I'm why why would out. you, you know? Um, but so for your show, uh, it's Project 10. Yep. You can get it on iTunes or anywhere that has... iTunes, uh, no, not Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, Podbean, anywhere where you, your usual podcast apps and project10podcast.com if you want to go check out the site. And there's a, there's a website as well then? Website where I kind of give links to everyone who's been interviewed and some of the references or the stuff that we that I draw the info from and, and, cool. and all that stuff. People love them references, man. Love them, the, love them sources. You got you to... Gotta, they're the highest click links. The old source <laughs> to the 2012 reports on economic growth. <laughs> <laughs> I, have a, I have a whole uh, a whole website there a source myself at those conspiracy guys.com if yeah, anyone yeah. wants to go check to have all that stuff too <laughs> so project 10.com uh, podcast.com project 10 podcast project 10 podcast.com uh, or project 10 anywhere on those uh podcasting apps so mm-hmm. for this show why press play uh, we are on facebook twitter instagram pinterest reddit and basically any social media that you can think of we're probably on it uh at, just at why press play um we have a discord server which for those of you who don't know is a video uh, soon to be video, uh, audio, and text chat service like them old Yahoo chat rooms of old. So we have a Discord server link on our Twitter or on our Facebook page that you can join in. And all the cool kids are hanging out in there uh, talking about stuff that you can't really talk about on surface social media. Uh, you know who you are. We also have a Patreon. So patreon.com slash whypressplay where if you want to donate a dollar, two dollars, five, ten, whatever you have spare down the back of the couch, if you want to throw it over to us uh, and it helps keep the show going and it helps uh, make more content 
uh, like uh, like lovely Cormac coming over here taking uh, uh, all the concessions from the <laughs> from the concessions <laughs> cupboard. I have to keep those biscuits all stocked up over here and the lights on. So go to patreon.com slash whitepressplay. You get like uh, secret behind the scenes vlogs. We have uh, extra videos and stuff that, that nobody gets to see. It's only for Patreon people. You get outtakes uh, from a, a custom RSS feed that Patreon provides you. And uh, you'll also be able to join in when we are playing on Twitch dot tv slash white press play so i do play uh, playstation 4 steam and then the old consoles mega drive and snes uh, games online so you can join in and have the banter and chats if you're a patreon subscriber rather than just watching along we also do uh, movie watch alongs using rabbit so r-a-b-b dot i-t uh, for patreon people as well where the movies like this super 8 we can go on netflix and watch it all together all join in in one room in one browser and there's a, a comment section there and we can even uh, comment over the microphone and stuff as well so you subscribe Subscribe to WordPress Play on any of your podcast players. Uh, we're on Stitcher, um, iTunes, uh, Podcast Addict, Podbean. Uh, we're not on SoundCloud anymore, Lord of Mercy, because SoundCloud is having an awful trouble there now. It is. How, it's a weird one. It's, it think, keeps yeah. pulling itself back from the brink miraculously, but yeah. I don't know what's going on with it. A lot of people are bouncing because it was like a few dollars a month to pay to host your stuff. I saw and that, it was yeah. awful trouble trying to get it up there. Really? And yeah, so we're not on SoundCloud anymore. So sorry about the people listening on SoundCloud. But we are on everything else, and there are uh, a bunch of awesome apps that you can get, like Leela, uh, Overcast, Podcast Addict, Javier makes a great, uh, great podcast app there, and uh, and some other new ones like uh, Castbox as well is a great app if you're uh, if you're on iOS. So uh, you can find us online anywhere basically at Press Play on everything. So join in when we're doing some live shows or when we're playing some streaming games because that's the best crack ever. So uh, Super Eight, mm, 2011. Yeah. Yep. It's it's like it doesn't seem like that long ago, but if you're talking about 2011, that's only like iPhone. <laughs> iPhone it's the second third one isn't five it? Yeah, the first yeah. one uh, the first five not 5s but iPhone 5 like you're talking about Obama hasn't even come into his second term oh shit like this is still like yes we can this is like <laughs> oh man we're not we're not poor and destitute anymore like there's kids now starting to go to college again and starting to be like money what's money starting to have hope and belief in themselves yeah. before it all went horribly wrong in again, 2016 yeah again. it's a, a 2020 I'm, pre- I'm predicting a, a full economic crash but uh, 2011 was a, was a time of hope it was a time of post uh oh, what would you say like post financial destruction uh, euphoria it was like oh we're still alive we're still alive yeah, yeah. let's remember the times when things were kind of good kind of and uh, a lot of this 80s stuff started to happen now when i was in school between like 95 and 2001 yeah it was very much uh 60s it was a 60s vibe in the 90s uh, it was kind of like um, the baggy pants, you know, the X-Works jeans, yeah. all this kind of stuff. Oh, I remember. I had a so, pair of them. Yeah, of course, everybody yeah, yeah, yeah. did. And you had you had the, 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 the Prodigy haircut and you had like yeah. the long sleeve or you'd have the Nirvana t-shirt. Or what I wore, what I sported was uh, a perpetual joint hanging out of my left hand with yellow fingers. And nice. uh, a black woolly jumper with my fingers poked through the cuffs. I wasn't the guy who wore the flannel shirt. I wore the black woolly jumper with my fingers poked through. You would look great in a flannel shirt, man. Yeah, I will, if I can get one to, to reach over this heft. But 
the 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 kind of time then was like a 60s revival then we went into the 2001 to 2010 era and i think that was like a 70s revival where there was a lot of stuff like the darkness came out and they were all like uh, glam rock was back and there was a lot of the fashions kind of updated a little bit and Mm. turned into more uh, glamour more kind of um scissor sisters and uh, sam spade and all of these it was it was kind of very um disco 70s yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of a lot of pop songs on the radio yeah. were a lot were a lot more disco-y and then you're looking at the 2010s until the 2020 and it's kind of a reiteration now of the 80s it is definitely it then. it's definitely what i've what i've noticed a lot of people are it's it's nostalgia i don't know if it's always nostalgia center um but i've noticed the 80s is the is the main overarching theme of a lot of the most successful things and it's obviously because we're hitting that age where we're looking back and kind of going this is our prime so the people who make the media recreate their prime possibly that's it i imagine so like in the 90s the people who would have been let's say our age then were were 60s so i think that could be it they they come along it's a 30 year 30 year repetitive wave right it it just kind of we're like what age is the majority of people at right now yeah yeah. when were they young oh the 70s let's go 70s let's go 80s and probably obviously in 10 or 20 years time the young the young folk today are going to be like do you remember the the 2002s man they were amazing boys remember (laughs) singing that around around they were amazing man getting hammered singing around uh singing the venga boys at a fucking funeral you know with a, with a <laughs> Jean no singer yeah, in the yeah. corner the Venga boss is coming the Venga boss is coming that would be beautiful beep beep <laughs> like, like a, and everyone goes shh <laughs> Tony's doing the it's like a Kamalia you know um, I think I think there are there are definite recyclings of those 30 year thing and it could be the teenagers are going okay what what's cool they're making it cool and they're raiding their parents wardrobes and pulling out all those styles and also, come on now also do you remember in like the late 90s coming up to dublin for the you're from dublin right yeah yeah so going into the into town in the daytime and going into like wild child don't remember wild child wild child was a secondhand shop where they basically broke open these containers that were all locked up with mop balls since the 70s and just released the <laughs> 70s onto the 2001 children yeah so we all came up in college and it was all fucking flares and big collared shirts with like mad patterns and stuff on yeah, it. yeah. so it was just this recycling i think jj abrams really caught on to that very very quickly mm. went 2011 what's my what's like Basically, he's he's in his late thirties. He is the epitome of all the media that we have consumed mm-hmm. uh, all through our childhoods. Yeah. So he goes, "I want to make an homage to the to the stuff that made me that gave me the boner when I was like a little kid watching science fiction." Oh my god, this is fucking amazing! Like ET, the Goonies, uh, it the original it the yeah. mini TV series, um, Stand by Me, yeah, yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, and then, and then now the, there, there's kind of reiterations with the uh, what are they called the 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 Dubber brothers? No, the the Stranger Things guys. Oh, I don't know the who, Doobie who, brothers. Uh, yeah, but but <laughs> <laughs> they're brothers anyway, and those guys are, are are in the same boat where they were given a bunch of money by you know Netflix yeah, and yeah, went yeah. here, make a fucking nostalgia wank, and they really nailed it. Like got that late seventies, early eighties buzz, and I'm sure over the next five years or four years until the end of the this decade, this decade yeah, yeah. we're going to be going into late 80s which is like the mad coke come down like the AIDS <laughs> is going to come make a comeback you know we're going to see uh, David Hasselhoff become huge again um, cocaine was, cocaine is, is going to be do you say David Hasselhoff was there ever a Knight Rider movie I couldn't tell you 
because that's an interesting moment like has that ever been made one was there ever a movie when he was doing it the series and has there ever been a remake of that series slash has there been a remake of the I don't think there's been a remake of Knight Rider, but it, I, it's definitely that's something common, that's on it? the cards. Like, look what, well, look what's happening in the media now. They're making remakes, reboots of everything. They redid Total Recall. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. did that need to be done? No. no. It really didn't. They've it, remade even the Spider-Mans, which haven't even yeah, been that old yeah. again. And, and it's kind of annoying. Because it's a money-making franchise, so you need to, if you get to the end of the story, just go back to the start of it and start telling Time it travel. Again. <laughs> but I retcon some shit, you know? I, and I remember, it's interesting you say it about the reboots, because I remember reading something about the, the risk now with making a movie in Hollywood. Yeah. It's gone through the roof because of things like illegal streaming and, and downloading that a lot less people are going to the cinema in one case. So the... But they're going, a lot less people are going to the cinema, man, because there's a lot shitter movies there. And it's mad because... Because well, they're not making good movies, they're making reboots. But what's happening is now is is that they're unwilling to risk something new. So what yeah. they're doing is saying, even if we only have 40% of people, 40, if, if only 40% of the fan base of, of, of uh, Star Trek go to the reboot, we're still going to make far more certain money for certain than risking 100 or 200 million on a new idea. Do you know what I mean? But at the same time, they made something like Wonder Woman which had a female director, a female lead, in her first proper, yeah, yeah. like, uh, uh, leading role. Mm. Huge gamble on a, a, a property that wasn't that popular back in the day. It was like, oh, it was Wonder Woman. It was the same as, like, you know, I don't know, the A-team for dudes. Yeah, yeah. Like, there was no girls watching Wonder Woman going, oh, I love this, she's my hero, because little girls didn't watch Wonder Woman. It was more watched by like 12 13 year old boys who had funny feelings in their bellies and started like pulling her pulling her pudding yeah uh like that was a gamble and that broke all sorts of records was it a gamble yeah i mean uh, look at look at but again it was batman, already batman versus superman but it's the two new superman movies shite all of them shite did okay in the box office but all of them reasonably shite what like totally disregarded as comic book movies compared but, to the Marvel Universe. But, but there still is And isn't. then she came in, like the Aquaman movie is not, Jason Momoa is not doing that great. Like, they, they, it was, they, the Wonder Woman film was to set up the next, like, a series uh, of, of, DC. of stuff that's yes, coming in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it fucking smashed it because it was well written, it was well directed, and it was well but, executed. But, but it still... And it was a good movie. But it still wasn't, let's say, it's still, Wonder Woman was still already a thing in, 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 in the world. Do you know what I mean? Oh, it's yeah. It's not... It, it, what, for me, I think something like Aquaman would be a bigger risk because not a lot of people would know that he existed as a superhero. Kind yeah, of thing. it was more famous in America because they had the TV show or whatever. Yeah, and now they'll have to, and that's why they've introduced him in all the other movies that ruined all the other movies. You know what yeah. I mean? To try and to tease you into them. Yeah. But there hasn't been, let's say, uh, a superhero. Nobody has invented really a new superhero. No. Out of nowhere. No. Like, the Batman Superman is still right enough the fact that it's a Batman Superman franchise or, Bat, you know, individually as well as, as together. So, uh, just seeing a lot of things where the reason they're rebooting these things is because even though they mightn't be groundbreaking, they're still, in a way, quote-unquote, guaranteed yeah. a lot more income than, let's say, if we come up with Gordo Man. That, yeah. You know, if you're pitching in for the first time ever, they're going to go, no, we're going to just, we're going to do Spider-Man again. <laughs> we're just going to do it for the yeah, 27th time. I can, I can, time, I can you know see I mean? that. I can see that. Like, it is it is kind of, with J.J. Abrams as well, when we're talking about reboots and sequels mm. and stuff like that, like, J.J. Abrams has the Midas touch for that shit. Yeah. And they've given him both of the stars, both Trek and Wars. I know, that's ridiculous. That is, like, a fucking fat nerd's dream. Like, yeah. he was a little fat nerd <laughs> watching all that stuff. 
getting his fucking yeah, media yeah. horn and going, yeah, I love it. And now he gets to control the fate of these like 50 year old multi-billion dollar franchises I'd with his it. with his with his directorial experience like from lost from the first ep- first two episodes of lost when i saw it in like whatever 2005 mm. i was like this is amazing and he had his hand well in for the first three seasons and i was like this is fucking class kind of dropped off a little bit after he wasn't so involved and then you're watching stuff like cloverfield going god fuck this guy and then he gets to direct all the Star Treks. He's on He's on with Star Wars. The Star Wars uh, Episode 9 kind of got fucked a little bit and the director got kicked out and all that stuff. Who did they go to? JJ. Mm. They have him on fucking speed dial on number one. Got the one guy green button. Like, he, and he's going to smash it. He's mm. going to smash it. Of course mm. he is. Because he's gifted and he knows exactly what he wants and he he's not afraid to take a gamble. And it's him not being afraid to take the gamble like the lads at Wonder Woman. It, 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 like if you're not willing to make something new, and people are crying out for something oh new, god yeah, yeah, yeah. like being original is the new is you know the new being original <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. It, and and there's so many reboots and so many kind of sequels that are coming from this kind of stuff they're even thinking about bringing back alf do you know like as in the as in the, uh, how's it going my name is alf alien life form uh, yeah I absolutely used to love that show. Yeah, but can you imagine how shit that'd be if you brought it back? Like, remember when the Thundercats got re-released on DVD and everyone watched them and they all they all got their fucking weed out and they're all like, okay, man, let's fucking, let's relive our childhood. Oh, oh, this is shit. This is really <laughs> poor. Like, stories were really bad. Voice acting was really bad. Mm. Really bad, but the memories of it were fucking class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But showing it back again... It didn't stand the test right. of time. Didn't hold up, man. So the likes of ET, the likes of the Goonies. Like, did you watch them as kids? Did yeah, you love yeah, those yeah. Movies? Loved ET yeah. uh, and absolutely loved the Goonies. And they they were two uh, very similar in style, but mm. I think it defined a generation of let's say my age group. Anyway, everyone yeah. has. Uh, I don't even know what year ET was out in. It's like was it eighties or? I think 80, it was seventy nine. Seventy nine. Like yeah. that's uh, absolutely loved that movie. One of my favorite movies. Um, a lot of interesting stuff about that. The the remastering release that Spielberg did of that movie. Yeah. They took out a lot of stuff yeah. and then said I shouldn't have done that and took out well, all the stuff out. He was just hanging out with George Lucas too long. Yeah. There was a bit in there where I wrote that there was a, you know, when they go cycling off near the end of the movie yeah. with a, and they go and they fly off. They're being chased by the local police. In the original movie, they all had shotguns. <laughs> and in the in the re-release, the DVD re-release, they CGI'd all them out and put in walkie-talkies. And mad shit like that, where they took out all those kind of potentially... Trigger warnings. Trigger warnings, you know what yeah. I mean? And then after a few years later, he came out and said, really shouldn't have done that because the hardcore E.T. fans are like, what are you bastardizing yeah. this this classic gem? But a lot of people are seeing this stuff for the first time now, Cormac. Like, that's what this... Uh, that's what this show was about is yeah, kind yeah. of bringing that first time vibe to people like if you, if you haven't seen E.T. Oh. and there's a lot of people that haven't think about it man yeah, yeah, yeah. they're looking at that going ah, that's from the fucking that's from 30 years ago I'm not bothered like I'm talking about the normal people there's there's fucking movie nerds and, and there's like science fiction geeks and uh, kids who like that stuff who will go back and watch it but most people who listen to podcasts who walk around have a job you know eat yeah, food yeah, yeah. do poops like most people who are 20 
wouldn't be bothered their whole watching ET. And I, I know because the risk now is, you know, we're like 20, 30 years on, you're looking at CGI and graphics and you're kind of like, ET's got to be shit. But back in the day of filming those movies, you had to resort to using more uh, props yeah. that kind of, in a way, sometimes can appear more real. Like in Robocop or something like that, they had the actual robots and it was like plasticine and, and then the guy's head wasn't totally CGI'd, it was actually fabricated. And was, then if you compare, that, that for me gives a more realistic kick Absolutely, to yeah. something like the second Matrix that has yeah. a million Agent Smiths and and a twirling and nearly look cartoon like yeah. there was too much CGI. So and that doesn't hold up over no, not, time. No, 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 not at all. Because you know, I, I remember, like, I can imagine in twenty years' time, people going back and watching the Transformers, going, "What fucking shit is this?" But that's happened to me with Independence Day. Yeah. I look <sighs> back on Independence Day, one of my favorite movies of yeah, all time, and well. I went back and looked at it, the CGI, and I'm like, "Oh no, the green, this is shit. the green lasers are all like this is muck." But even when the cities were exploding, and yeah. you can look at the actors going, uh, "But I remember watching the making of of Independence Day, and mm. when that when that thing is exploding, they actually had cars and hydraulics, so it yeah, is yeah, semi yeah. semi physical, and then there's the the flame is obviously. But E.T. is is amazing because the only real special effect they need is the little E.T. dude. Dude, yeah. Uh, and, there's, there's and that was all done by uh, Jim Henson's Monster Works or whatever it's yeah, called, yeah. The, the Sesame Street crowd. Yeah, and I think Super 8 latches onto that because one of the great things about that movie is it relies heavily on the story and it relies heavily on the the uh, the acting and the vibe and the genre. I do so think that. that. It doesn't. There, there is. A it's big not. It's not special effects heavy like some of the some of the reiterations of some of those movies. Like Goonies was not about special effects <laughs> at all. It was about heart. It was about story. It was about character. It was yeah. about the relationship between the kids. Yeah, you know? yeah, and that's exactly what I think Super Andy! Eight has. And was, it's our time down here. And like, I love that movie as well. Again, I'm taking this one back. They had the real, not, I don't want to say monster guy, but the, the kind of main mm. scary dude in it isn't a CGI robot who's yeah. coming out of nowhere. Hey it, it's, <laughs> it's real. And, and that's what I, I think it's, it's good about. It, it, I really like that about Super 8 is that I think you can get invested in the movie a little bit better because mm. you're sitting there and you're, it's a normal everyday happening. You're a kid, you're brought back, all the nostalgia feels are hitting you and it's not sci-fi fantasy. It's, it, not that it makes you believe that this could happen in your own little small town where you grew up, yeah. but because it isn't overly saturated and because you don't, you don't actually see the main, uh, what would you call it? Alien? I call it creature. Creature. You don't yeah, see... You don't want to say monster because that has negative connotation. Yeah, so uh, I don't want to trigger any monsters that might be listening. Also, or spoiler creatures. alert from now on. That's what I, I was worried about. I have to try out spoiler alerts now from now till... Like, you see it pretty pretty quick in the movie, but uh, we don't want to do any... You see it pretty quick, but it's not it. it's not overly used either, because it's yeah. for a while you don't actually get to see it full on. You, you, you get you get an elbow here and there, and yeah, a leg and, and a foot knee. and an ankle. And there you go, and a shadow the odd time, and a yeah. scary reaction. So or I an arm that just comes out of a bush and pulls a lad's <laughs> head off. Yeah, so that's, I think, one of the reasons why it's really good, and, and kind of related to that E.T. Goonies vibe, is that it's not a, a two-hour... CGI fest where yeah. people are going let's put 80 million into the CGI department yeah. and see what like, we can come up with it's not like Starship Troopers yeah it's honestly it's ridiculous. more like um, it, it's just the Goonies Cloverfield uh, or something yeah, yeah and it's a little realer and, and that style of or um, Signs yeah, yeah, signs yeah, where it's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, are pa- is it Mel Gibson and Mel Gibson, in the yeah, gas and Wacky Phoenix, yeah. and you don't get to see the alien at all. It's just like, oh, look, the corn is moving, you know. Oh but there's the suspense. There is a lot of suspense in this one. So, like, what we like to do on White Press Play is do a 60 seconds plot. Uh, hopefully no spoilers but but uh, it's kind of hard uh, to, oh God. to describe the plot with no spoilers so we're going to go with Cormac 60 seconds no spoilers are you ready to give us the plot of the movie? am I ready to give you the plot of the movie? yeah go on okay. hopefully are you ready? steady 
go. Okay, it's really a story about bad parenting, about all the kids who, who whose parents engage in emotional and physical abuse of them, don't support their dreams, and really hate what they're doing as young people wanting to conform to the patriarchal uh, society that they've grown up in. 15 seconds. Uh, okay, so that's basically the overarching thing. Basically, kids are making a Super 8 film, which is a type of camera, while they're shooting one of the scenes. Some guy has a mental breakdown and crashes into a train that's passing by. They capture the whole thing. Uh, something is released into the wild. The whole something. city, something is released into the wild that shouldn't have been released. The army comes, shit hits the fan big time, and then the remainder of the movie is trying to unshit the shit that's been shitted out <laughs> in, 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 the, uh, in, the, in the town. And I imagine that nobody has ever spoken about what happened in that town since. It seems to be one of those things where they've tried to sweep it under the rug and go, we'll never talk about that time to think I'm out of the train. No, I'm with you, boy. And I hope that's the plot. <laughs> this is 59 seconds. Hold on. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's hard to go through it all. We had, uh, my brother tried to do one. Mm. Uh, very difficult. Steve Ellie tried to do one. Yeah. Um, Anthony Downs had had a go. And, and it's mad it's because... It's tough to say it all. A lot of times people get caught in the first like five minutes like, okay, we open on a... Tra- <laughs> like a, a, a panning <laughs> shot from yeah. a helicopter. Yeah, this is it. And then, uh, you know, even just saying that out now, there's... there's but that was really good because there was no spoilers really either. But there's, there's... I left out a ton, which I'm like, I should have said about, you know, there's the love interest. Yeah, but that's hard to, like... <laughs> That's a whole other sixty seconds <laughs> to describe what that is. You know? Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, and you can't, you can't. I mean, it's very hard to talk about love interest when the girl is twelve. Uh, very true. Actually, I think, uh, without you can, saying anything you'll inappropriate, be, you'll be arrested. Mm. Um, which actually, in, in reference to the new, have you seen the new It movie? No, there's an orgy scene at the end, is there? <laughs> it's just weird. I think if, if you've I seen thought, it, I, I thought there was from the book. There's an orgy scene at the end. Uh, there wasn't an orgy scene in this one. Okay, okay. But in 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 that's because it's only the first half of the book. I think right uh, for the movie. But people will know when I say love interest. It just seems a bit out of place. But anyway, uh, super. I haven't seen it yet, but I I, I plan do go to, see it. You know, yeah, it's definitely worth a watch. Um, and that yeah, so super eight. That's the kind of that's the kind of plot. Right. So it's it's basically uh like five kids. Yeah. Goonies style. Very much so. Best buds from like a Midwestern like steel mining town that has a couple of stores and a couple of little, you know. I think it's Ohio it's meant to be based in. Somewhere in Ohio, yeah. right? So you're talking about Midwest, everyone's mm-hmm. cool, very <clears throat> kind of quite white. Um, very white. Kind of waspy, maybe a bit Christian. Uh, traditional. Traditional. Mm-hmm. Home, down home. And uh, we, we we see these five kids and, and yeah. one of them, uh, Charlie, who is played by uh, Riley Griffiths, he, he's a he, he's an aspiring filmmaker, and he mm. has a little Super Eight camera that you used to get, you know, in the in the in the camera store, and you get your Kodak film. And uh, he was making little zombie movies, little kind of project movies at home. And him and his mates all had a little production company. And uh, Joe Lamb, Joe the 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 lead, I think he's basically the lead in the movie. Joel Courtney plays yeah, Joe yeah. Lamb. And he does the makeup and special effects, and then there's uh, his other his other mates, and they all have like certain jobs. One does the sound, and one does the the uh, the explosions or whatever. And uh, they go to a, a train station to to mm. film another scene for for this zombie movie that they have to enter. So already you have like a pretty compelling. They motivation were, for the characters it's not just like five kids and they're all like lollipop lollipop definitely skipping around town there's something they're doing something there's an original intention laid sure. out from the start absolutely and, and it's to is it, it's to enter the film competition in the school isn't it yeah so you're already reminded of that uh you know that that 
the stakes are there. The state, but that that desire and need to be accepted by yeah. your peers as a young person who hasn't got a clue what the world is yeah. going on. So there's that desperation, and they are. Kind I played of the, guitar. I was like, I want to be in a band. I want to be cool. I want to play a gig and talk have to people girls. look at me. Yeah. <laughs> I want, I want something in between their fanny and my penis that we can talk about. <laughs> something to hide the awkwardness yeah. that, that is there as a, as a hormonal teenage boy. Um, so that's, yeah, that's definitely it. So does that kind of, and they're, they're kind of outsidery kids as well. Yeah. You know I mean, they're not the cool kids. They're not playing football or sports. They're not. They're doing cool stuff, I feel. They're the, they're, they're the whatchamacallit, the AV club. There you go. They're the you AV know? club and they're doing and that kind of stuff. They, they're not sporty and we can see this from a scene where uh, Joe and uh, his his dad, who you really love, yeah, uh, Kyle Chandler, right? Yeah. Uh, so uh, his dad, Kyle, um, uh, Jackson is the, Jack like, yeah. is the, the name of the character. So Kyle Chandler is his dad and they're sitting in the, they're basically like the, the dad, uh, is left on his own after his ma's killed in a, a, a steel is it a steel mill what would you call uh, a steel mill you know uh, it's like a wood mill. mill is it a steel mill a refinery a steel refinery okay so it's a factory and the whole town is kind of built around this factory so uh, uh, Joe's uh, mom uh, uh, Jackson's uh, wife dies in this uh, mm. accident you know and we open on like him sitting forlornly on the swing and he's all like oh you know me ma <laughs> and uh uh, four months later, then we cut to the lads all sitting on the back of a car and they're all like singing My Sharona and stuff like that. And it's it's quite like yeah, they're mates and they don't, they're fucking shut up. Uh, uh, what, yeah. do they, what do they call them? Uh, uh, chompers. Shut up, chompers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has massive teeth or whatever. And it's like swearing at each other and being like real teenagers, kind of like in the Goonies where it's real people, not like in anything from Disney, like iCarly, where it's all like weird, vacuous yeah, kind of empty people. It's really f- people. I think I found it really funny as well when you're seeing them slagging each other. You know what I mean? It takes you back yeah. to that kind of because <laughs> you can see the roles defined uh, very much so. Like uh, director man with the camera. What's his name again? Uh, Charlie. Sorry. Uh, so yeah, Charlie. He seems like you know the bossy asshole kind of guy who's yeah. just pushing through stuff. But also, he is a little bit insecure. Oh, we find out later on how insecure he is. But there's one scene where they're all sitting in the cafe mm. and he orders fries, and then Chompers is eating his fries. And he's like, "Hey, lay off the fries." And he's like, "You know, it's not like you need him, you fat cunt." <laughs> like it's, <laughs> and I can identify him. Like yeah, we used to talk like that, and I didn't take it to heart. I was all like, "Yeah, well, you're fucking, you smell like your man." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and it's just, I rode your mat. Like it's all. Yeah, kind um, of no holds barred talk, and uh, it's it's natural. It's natural teenagers in a natural environment. So they're making this movie. Yeah, the, he, he, uh, Charlie has written this extra scene, and he wants like production value. So they go to the little train <laughs> station value, in the yeah. middle of Ohio, and they're filming this thing. And the train starts coming along. Lo and behold, like a train appears in nowhere, and it turns out to be an Air Force train. And uh, as they're filming it, Joe he looks behind him and he sees. There's a car on the tracks. The car smashes into the front of the train. The train spills over and all these little white blocks fly all over the place and something comes out of the train and we find out later what that is. But yeah. but the, the guys are basically in this Armageddon type situation running mm. around the field going like, ah, we're going to die. Yeah. Like, and all through this, we see how there is a kind of a future love connection bonded between Joe and Alice, who's played by Elle Fanning, uh, sister of Dakota Fanning. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't think she'd be famous only for her. <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it her sister? I didn't know that. Yeah, do they not look identical? No. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're sisters. That's amazing. Only a couple of years apart. So uh, Elle is basically like a twelve-year-old. She ha- comes from kind of a broken home, mm, and yeah, yeah, we find out later on why the home is broken. Mm-hmm. But she, uh, she basically turns up in her dad's car. Yeah, uh, because Charlie had arranged 
to uh, have her drop them off at the train station and she was she's an inspiring actress and we're going to get her to act in the movie and she turns a brilliant performance brings all the boys to tears and uh, that's, that's probably one of my favorite scenes yeah. in 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 the uh, in the movie where it's just a run through they're they're doing a run through <laughs> yeah. of the scene and she's reading the lines to the you know to the to the to the guy at the time who's in that in in their little movie within the movie Martin is the character's and, name and uh, just all, everyone else on the sound and behind yeah. the camera it's just like uh, once they're done she's mouths like, open you're like what is, the was that okay and like yeah. oh, I suppose I was oh, fine <laughs> <laughs> coughing and wiping her eyes and all but uh, yeah it was it was a powerful performance it from, definitely from was really, really good yeah, yeah really good and uh, basically when Joe's doing her makeup beforehand he's kind of touching her face and as you know if you're a 12 year old and you get to touch any part of a woman you're kind of like oh, I'm sexually bonded to you now for life like it's very you know an intimate situation and they start talking and mm. they're hanging out afterwards and bonded through this trauma of the, the you know, the train crash and yeah, all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. You see how the characters are so clearly defined. And this is yeah, what yeah, yeah. I think makes the movie for me mm. is that J.J. Uh, Abrams, when he puts a character archetype on somebody, they stay like that. Their decisions are informed by that character archetype. Yeah. The, the, their eventual comeuppance or redemption is based on that character archetype. And there's no, like, swip swaps or there's no, like, oh, man. There's no feeling of, like, oh, he should have fucking got worse than that. Like, he didn't deserve or he deserved to die or whatever. JJ doesn't leave you hanging. Yeah, yeah. And you see that in Lost. Yeah. Like the people who deserve to die in the first <laughs> season fucking died. You know what I mean? I mean speaking of dudes, deaths, how none of them died from that horrific train crash is a miracle. It was it was uh, amazingly shot. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And really well put together. CGI wise, uh, the train is entirely CGI. Oh, is it? But the thing that they were running through and the flames and the flame explosions are all real. Yeah. So they were running through basically a big field of smashed up cars explosions explosions yeah and uh, it looked it looked really really realistic like the yeah. train 2011 a coin looks a bit cat yeah when you're looking at it now i was watching it today and it looked a little bit like yeah it's a bit computery <laughs> yeah you can see see a lot of, you can see the computer strings uh, <laughs> on the way i don't think it along i don't think jj is going to uh He's going to go back and redo I, it. I, He's I, not I, a Steven Spielberg or anything. When I like, watched it recently, I, I didn't notice an end like that. I was right. you know, convinced. Now I know a lot of the CGI is hidden in places where you wouldn't even believe. This is it. But CGI it's mixed in with real stuff, so you don't really notice it. Yeah, your brain is tricked. Because mm. that, no, that was probably one of the, obviously, it was the, not the main scene in the movie, but that sets the whole other story in yeah. play because it's not now about the movie competition it's about holy shit what the fuck just happened what, and now we're going in a new direction because as you said they're throwing it through the end of the world scenario but it ends up being like the stakes are are, are set mm. and then reason even more so like for an, exa- for an example like from an 80s movie and the way 80s movies were set up mm. which I think is what makes this stand out in a movie that's made in 2011 yeah for the likes of Back to the Future yeah so Back to the Future where he had to go back to the past and then to the future again. Mm. The reason he was going back to the past is because he had to get his, uh, uh, he had to save Doc Brown's life yeah. by going back in time to make sure that the Libyans wouldn't shoot him. But he went back too far, had an accident, and then caused his man Dan not to kiss, which yeah, meant that yeah, he'd yeah. never exist. And if anyone ever told him, if you just let that happen and you didn't exist, then Doc Brown would still be alive. Yeah. But it was his own saviour. So not only was he saving Doc Brown, selfless, he then ended up having to save, save himself, himself, but also his brother and his sister and his man and dad's relationship, which ended up making them 
way better and all of the stuff that happened through the whole movie at the end ended up like resolving massively positively for everybody involved yeah yeah so it was a real big payoff yeah yeah and J.J. Abrams kind of captured that 80s movie like, like mechanic I guess you'd call yeah, it yeah you like, call it but by like pressing on the like, as I said exactly upping the stakes so it's yeah. not just it's not just this it's 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 everything else that goes around with it and, and everything else is relying up, or he uses that to resolve or um, intensify the relationship with the dads the, yeah, exactly. the friendships the, the the relationships ended up getting bonded as, as it went along and they were always developing but the best thing I like about uh, uh, Riley Griffiths and we go into like the best supporting cast is what we like to do here on White Press Play is pick mm-hmm. somebody who was especially fantastic in the movie and one of my p- particular fantasticisms <laughs> was Riley Griffiths who played the fat kid uh, Charlie who makes the movies he oh, said such yeah, lines yeah, yeah, as, yeah, 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 I haven't yeah, yeah. leaned out yet. The doctor said I'm going to. It's <laughs> an amazing you know. line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you ever fat, Cormac? Was I ever fat? You Recently, yeah. Sorry, were you, sorry. No, but when you were I small. I was born fat as right. a fat kid. Uh, grew out of it. Yeah. Got fat again in college a few years ago. Trying to grow out of that now. But uh, I um, wouldn't put you, I put you down as lean. You, you're like a fighter's body. A, fight, a, a sloppy fighter's body. Sloppy fighter. <laughs> like I used to be a fighter. But I mean, <laughs> yeah. were, you, were you ever like... I was never fat in, let's say, in school or, or right, growing up as a teenager. teenager. No, no, no. Okay, because it, it's a different type of fat, you know. Yeah, you yeah, grow yeah. into it. But it makes your character. And this kid had absolutely got had a fat kid's personality. You know, that movie wouldn't be allowed to be made today because it would trigger so. too many fat people yeah, or, think, or with their kids. You know, it'd be too offensive to too fucking, many people. Put the cake down and cop onto yourself. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm fat. I know what it's like, but I know what I'm doing. I'm not going out and going, hey, fat, but you can be healthy in any size. It's like, no, no you can't. You Science can't. says no. But Sorry. He, he, was, he was brilliant in this movie. Brilliant. And one of the, obviously he was one of the drivers of the initial yes. movie story. So a lot of the initial story, it was his fault they were at, not fault, but he was the reason they were at the train exactly. station. And as I said. And the linchpin of the movie, I think, is Charlie, is his is Riley Griffith's character because yeah, yeah. nothing would have happened unless it was that. And all of the great reveals all happened because of his character. Mm. All of the great relationship connections all happen because of his character. And at the end, he does the ultimate sacrifice. He's like, leave me behind. Go complete. <laughs> like, I'm going to play second fiddle to you, Joe. Yeah, and yeah. Joe gets to do the thing. He is Mouth from The Goonies. He is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he is... Uh, uh, River Phoenix's character in Stand By Me to Gordy Lachance he's yeah, like yeah. You, you you, go on and take the glory and I'll just be here in the wings I'll sacrifice he's Jesus kind of that, yeah. that character you know so like fat kid though he he's uh, low self esteem mm. so when Joe and Alice start falling in love he mm. can see that yeah. and he gets whingy with Joe and he's like you know that I loved her why did you Why you know I asked her to be in the fucking film and now you, she's all talking to you and all and Joe was like what man she's only talking to me and he's like yeah but you haven't sexually uh, uh, developed yet and I have and I want <laughs> I I her to touch my ding dong that's such a, another and insecure and jealous and all uh, of these but that's a, another great bit about that movie that you'd only get from a, 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 like a child acting cast or that yeah. story around young people because you can all relate to it yeah. where you're a child growing up and the girl that you like actually likes your best mate and you're horribly stuck there but you haven't said anything so you're just kind of like I, I, I one I can't complain because no one knew that I liked her never said anything yeah. but you're you're meant to be my mate now you're pissing me off and I can't tell you now because you're going to be and then you have to live with it all through your teenage years so you, you lose all the fat you he, get real muscly so you can like fight somebody and then you're going to grow up and he's going to marry the wrong person and he's going to live <laughs> He's going to. that's going to be the core trauma yeah. that he's going to you know need years of therapy to try that's and the resolve thing, man you can lose the fat in your body you can't but you can't lose, lose the, the fat in your fat. mind <laughs> 
If you're a fat kid on the inside, you'll be a fat kid on the outside, man. Yeah, but so, it, it is funny how that that as uh, you position him in that story. But that scene is fantastic. Oh, absolutely. It's, and you don't get that in in sci-fi movies or you know you, know, you wouldn't get that in iron man or no. or thor it, it, or anything it's, it's you know one of mean? the subtler emotions yeah, that you yeah. can't it's a subtle emotion that you can't really um build a plot point around yeah yeah, yeah. unless the whole movie is about that so you yeah. get the rom-coms that have that jealousy that triangle but that's all the movie is about it's like the bechdel test you know these kind of yeah. uh, uh, nomenclatures on these types of movies so you can't have a jealousy narrative yeah, yeah, yeah. inside an action movie because there's not enough room or space but to build you, up the tension and build up all the stuff when you have the childhood innocence exactly there and you know it's people all are still open. trying to it's like figure a raw it out wound. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. and it doesn't matter that it's just it's just because you know as kids people like each other and then it's just like, yeah, nah. but at the same time, it tells in his character, and this is where J.J. Abrams' writing, yeah. like I could see in those little kids all of the maybe the the inner slices of J.J. Abrams as a kid. Right. You know, there's the yeah, kid yeah, who loves yeah. the fireworks, and the kid who's afraid to do stuff, and then like the normal kid who like doesn't notice that people are falling in love with him or that he's a yeah, hero, yeah, and he's yeah. like, I don't know. And then there's the, like the fat, selfish, self obsessed, whingy, jealous fat kid. Yeah. Who's like, huh, I like her first boo. Or when he's, when they're watching, after the train crash, right? Mm. He's the, like this, the, uh, Charlie's the kid who goes, let's go to the train station. Oh, the train's coming, production value. <laughs> like when the train crashes, they're going, we have to save ourselves. And we talk about what happens when the train crashes. But the character of Charlie, the next morning, so Joe ends up always going to mm. Charlie's house, the, uh, the Kaznick uh, yeah, family yeah, house yeah. right so they go to the Kaznicks and they're all around and he has like a sexy sister and a not sexy sister which seems to be you know the 80s movie trope as well you have <laughs> or, or in modern family you have a sexy sister and a not sexy sister mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, you don't have any sisters come with you or two yeah and there's one sexy and one not sexy <sighs> pass okay and uh, <laughs> I don't have any so it's not weird for me to ask that at all <laughs> so if if uh like normally the empathy that should mm. be in somebody watching something like that on TV they're watching the news report of the train crash and it's all like yeah, that yeah. and Joe was like oh my god and the man goes did you hear about the train crash and he's like no uh, uh, I didn't hear and they go over and watch TV and Charlie's looking at the telly salivating yeah, going yeah, yeah. oh my god and Joe's like what's up he's like production value it's <laughs> like what he's like let's go back to the scene of the accident yeah, yeah, yeah to fucking like film more stuff to make this movie amazing so he is a one-track mind he's selfish he's self-obsessed he's he uh, takes he's, initiative as well, uh, well he's exactly. opportunistic he's he could say he, yeah. could he be the true leader of this group I why is joe the lead is he he's the lead because he gets the man uh, or because he gets the the girl like what's the what's the is Charlie not the leader of the group? And there's like a power struggle there. That's a really nice dynamic in the in the film to be. Yeah, to I definitely, watch. I definitely think he is, and I think as as we mentioned already, he's the driving force behind mm. the whole behind plot yeah. and moves everything forward. And he said, an opportunistic man who will grow up to probably get his way in everything he wants in life. <laughs> well, Absolutely. maybe not for a few years because he's fat, and we know how the Americans treat but, little fat kids. But. Yeah, but he goes, I'm going to grow into my lean. Like he knows, <laughs> he knows that he has a few growth spurts. He's got a coming. plan. He's very well organized. Like when I hit 16, we're good. But yeah. for now. That's I'm just playing go football. I just like get good at wanking or whatever until 16. <laughs> um, but it's just it's just uh, uh, such a nice character, and uh, you know he he works hard, mm. and it, the meaning and message behind his character is like forthright. But at the same time, then he has jealousy issues, and he has all yeah, these yeah. other types of issues, and he's 
he's a little insecure but he is brave he does want to go ahead and do the stuff he wants to go back to the scene of the crime later on when they're talking about going to get the evidence from dr woodward who we'll, we'll talk about in a sec mm-hmm. like when you go back to get the evidence he's breaking into the school and running around and doing all the stuff that the rest of them are doing like pushing them on uh i think brilliant character absolutely best supporting for me mm-hmm. anyway definitely yeah definitely um so when you're talking about uh the, the crash that released the the alien the, the monster thing. i don't want to talk about too many scenes in it because it'll kind yeah, of ruin yeah. the movie uh talking about particular bits or even at the end yeah but the bit where mr woodward who was the kid's science teacher they find him bleeding in the car after yeah. the crash and they come over and he, he wakes up and he's like don't don't let them find you get out of here and the kids are all like are you sure and then he pulls out pulls a big a fucking gun and yeah. they're all like um okay, okay. fuck it I'm out <laughs> and they bounce you know and you think he's brown bread hmm. uh, and later on you see him then like uh, you know tied to a table and they're interrogating him and stuff like that it's a small part but it's a lovely true line in the narrative because you get to yeah. see films of him and you get to see like he is a massive part of this alien's life yeah 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 and, and he's obviously the reason why the plot twists at the end again a little bit like mm. there's that there, but and in a weird way they, obviously he could have somehow at the start of this movie revealed what he knew absolutely and then the story's over yeah. do you know what I mean but he's he's really really as is the way <laughs> he's really uh, well threaded through the rest sure. of the movie and he's obviously part of the solution to the problem they're faced with uh, and they have to kind of go stage by stage to try to find out what he knows he seems to be like the guy who dies first in an Agatha Christie movie or mm. in a, like a Poirot movie it's all like uh, you find out the, the the means and method of the murderer, but not the murderer's identity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The murderer was... And he just dies just before you tell. But it's like, okay, he's, he's kind of like that. Yeah, he's yeah. a poisoner. And it is it is a kind of a tropey character. And, and he's, one of, I think, the character who obviously builds a lot of uh, curiosity straight into the story. Yes. So not only like do you what have... Is, we don't even know that it's an alien at this point. Th- this is it. Or what it is. If, even if it, like, I didn't even know if it was and I think an alien. That, I think that was really good because they could have... It could have went into a straight uh, a reveal, straight up, where yeah. it was like we have to defeat this alien. Yeah. Um, but the fact, like, the f- attack the block, which is like the first ten minutes, you're like, I know the crack, and there you go, and you're like, that's grand. We're going to do this, and we're going to figure out how they can come up with some way to do it. Yeah. But the fact that that is held back, and you're puts it into thriller mystery country rather than just action. But, but as a viewer, I think you're sitting there, and you, you, that curiosity is is stepped up a notch mm. because of because it's held back, and that reveal is held back. I remember watching it and being more curious because one. You're confused in a way because yeah. uh, the fact that he drove his car into the thing and he's alive and then he wants to get rid of him. You're, you, first of all, you're like, what, what does he know? Why yeah. did, what, obviously, why did he do that? Um, why did he blow up that train and crash into the train? Was he just crazy? And you then, don't know his motives. You don't know exactly. the motives of the monster, which is, re- which is revealed only minutes later when uh, Charlie and Joe are yeah. reviewing the footage from yeah, the yeah, Super yeah, 8 yeah. camera. It fell over when the train crashed and it filmed everything, including the monster getting out of one of the train cars. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. army are chasing them. You know some shit's happening. If you've ever watched an episode of the X-Files, some shit's going down, man. Yeah, yeah. But Woodward's motivations and intention are absolutely not revealed. And um, I think like we might try and not do it now because yeah. that is the crux of the film I think it is and it said he, he it, it's it's his knowledge of what's happening is drip fed through the rest of the story yeah. and it, not like a computer game but you have to go step by step and they sure. have to find out it's like level one they find well, out well they're fucking kids though and it reveals yeah, them yeah, like yeah, they're yeah. kids because yeah. they're not looking for answers they're just reacting rather than being proactive yeah they're reacting to stuff that's happening yeah, now yeah. some of the shit that I saw which was like um, 
the 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 underhanded dealings of the air force when they set fire to the field and push all the people out of this out of the town so they can have a, a clear run of trying to inspect the place to try and find mm. out where the, where the monster is or whatever yeah, yeah. uh the way that the air force lads were involved in kind of nefarious stuff and experiments and you know it's mm. dodge like you yeah, know what's, yeah, yeah. i don't want to say what the white boxes are or what the monster is but like you know it's sketchy yeah and the fact that the da uh jackson yeah uh, played by Kyle Chandler, still may and in true J.J. Abrams fashion, takes his archetype and fucking hammers it in. <laughs> Never stops being the uh, the uh, you know stalwart sheriff, like small town sheriff. Yeah, always yeah, investigating, yeah, yeah, yeah. always like Fargo, like always sniffing, always be like, hey, that's just not, not just not letting it be, not letting yeah. things go. You know why, what why, I mean? Why, like, why God do you keep damn it. like Twin Peaks, like some shit? He's like always picking. He's always picking. Mm. So uh, Kyle Chandler was a, a, like a whopper character in this, and it seemed he, he was a lot darker than he needed to be. Think so? I think so. But it gave an extra, like an extra nice slice of realism because his wife had just died four months beforehand yeah he's like talking about this mad shit and it seems like ah oh, jackson stop being so crazy go Take have a holiday off, yeah go have a holiday for yourself like the, the, the deputy sheriff is telling him like listen i know you're going mental this is the reason you're going mental because your wife just got squashed it, by a big piece of steel and, and i think that that you can see that really well that you can see his internal struggle with himself trying yeah. to sort his life out and the external struggle with the world he's in he's kind of like obviously fighting again not fighting but coming up with resistance against everyone around him in a way and they're all telling him one thing and he's like Zish. but Ugh. even even come finding resistance in his son's happiness because his son and alice <laughs> yeah are kind of like falling in love by total chance and only for charlie they wouldn't have been introduced mm. but it just so happens to happens to happen mm. <laughs> that alice's dad and i don't mind a spoiler it is a nice yeah, yeah, thing yeah. to find out in the movie but like yeah. to talk about it now to show how good the movie is like this is a total other plot point far away like a plot line <laughs> far away from like the aliens and the it's people in the next getting, town over that it, plot point it really yeah, is yeah. like so alice's dad lewis yeah uh, you see in the opening scenes of the movie, he comes to the funeral and uh, Jackson gets real thick and he puts him, puts him in handcuffs and fucks him in the back of the car and all. And there's a, an immediate animosity between these two people. And you don't really find out what's going on or why. Joe is over trying to get Alice to join in, in the, the, second, movie again. Yeah, the yeah. second day of filming after the crash. And she's like, get the fuck out of here. And he comes up the porch going, who the fuck are you? I know you. You get out of here. Your yeah, father's yeah, yeah. a cop. You fucking get out of here, right? And there's that real animosity between those two guys. And you don't find out for ages and ages. But that animosity is built. Jackson is telling Joe, you're not hanging around with her. Don't be hanging around with her. Lewis is telling Alice, don't be fucking hanging around with him. And it's like star-crossed lovers who yeah, are forbidden yeah. from families. West Side Story and Romeo and Juliet. Um, and it's, it's funny you mention that because they could have, uh, Abrams could have left that, I think, in a way... Because he's the deadbeat, drunken dad. Yeah. And he could have, like, for me in my head, it was uh, the animosity there is just because you have the law and you have drunk, not criminal, but drunk fucking fuckhead, for want of a better word. And that's why, as I said, that story is developed nicely. He didn't have to develop that either. He could have left it as, this guy's just a drunk idiot who gets a bar level. Yeah, yeah, one level apart. And then you're like, oh shit. He's the town 'er ne'er-do-well. There you go. And that would have made, that still would have made sense and been fine. But the fact that that's, as you said, dropped in as well adds, adds again to not the not the realness of it but you get a hell of a lot more out of the story than other sci-fi slash thrillers that are just yeah. about overcoming the evil uh, alien sort of thing the outward enemy but exactly. this is this is the inward enemy and this is the enemy and it does the, have a lovely nice circular resolution as well there yeah, is a yeah. nice resolution to yeah, it yeah. 
not I don't want to spoil it, but like But it's, he's it, the alien. It's, <laughs> it's a minor plot, like uh, uh Lewis Danner playing by Ron Elder mm, who's yeah. Shep in ER for those of you who know. Uh he 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 basically like he's a bad guy and he treats Alice very poorly and he's an alcoholic and he's kind of all this and then you find out later on as Alice and Joe are bonding together bonding start talking about like she's always like and I thought this was a little bit kitsch it was a little bit too kind of trite or tropey because uh, he's like f- he's always like fingering this little uh, silver uh, locket mm. you know on a chain in his yeah, pocket yeah. and all this stuff you know and she's like oh she spies it and it's a bit too obvious that bit is a little bit like alright fucking stop jamming it then we throw it JJ and she eventually goes like what's that it's like it's me ma oh yeah you know I'm really sorry about that and he's like what yeah I'm really sorry about that my dad was drinking that day so we find out that Lewis Dennard was drinking and he couldn't come to work that day yeah. and in order to fill in for him she had to Joe's ma had to go in and fill in and there was an accident that day and inadvertently Lewis is kind of blamed for it and then he drinks himself into a stupor then and he's he's kind of blaming himself and later on, when they're go- when the two of them have to team up, when Jackson and Lewis have to team yeah, up, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. fathers helping their kids. And there's a lovely scene in the van where he's like, I'm really sorry what happened to your wife. And and Jackson kind of has to come to terms with the fact that like it's not really his fault and he has to forgive him no matter how yeah, bad he yeah, feels yeah, about it. And yeah, he's yeah. like, that's nah, not your fault, man. <laughs> don't, don't worry about it. Have and they kind of... Bu- have a Budweiser. Yeah. They, it is yeah. like, America! <laughs> we forgive yeah. people, except communists, Nazis, uh, uh, Margarines. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it, it was like, it was like, you know, this this real uh, nice... When um, you unpack the entire movie, there's a hell of a lot going on. Loads. Do you know what I mean? Because really, really And loads. I said, uh, that's the one thing that you get with that. I think that 80s style children coming of age with their friends adventure movie allows... For more for more points and for those plot lines to develop, whereas yeah. if it is just let's all jump into our into our fighter jets and and shoot some aliens pew, down, pew, pew, pew. it's not it, it's not Transformers and and it's not as Transformers if, is all action, or it's not uh, but it's along forced. came Polly it's forced which is the other forced emotion that's what stuff. I mean yeah like it, it it lends itself naturally to have yeah. those storylines that work really well and give it a, a certain so a much more better substance like I said something like Independence Day it's a completely different movie I know there is some other little plot points in Independence Day but that style of movie if it tried to do as much. Uh, with the relationships with the yeah. backstories with the added plots it would just be like stupid I think like in the likes of Independence Day Will Smith and the storyline with his family and his kid yeah. very loosey goosey and that's just wrapped like, up with okay Mech. let's get married now I'm going to space happy yeah. days great that's fine that's, it's just thrown in for the love exactly. interest you know what but I mean the relationship between the uh, David yeah. and his father yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the Jewish guy is like oh my god if I had known I was going to meet the president I wouldn't want to tie I look like a shlemiel like <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Ki- that kind of stuff like their relationship absolutely blossomed on the drive in and mm. David is doing the stuff and he's yeah, like yeah. oh David I finally get to see you work uh, I'm amazed <laughs> I-, I didn't know you do this and then uh, 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 what's his name Jeff Goldblum is all yeah, like yeah. Uh, dad this is uh, difficult uh, <laughs> it's just like they're, they're really bonding whereas I didn't believe the Will Smith kind of thing I always felt that he was kind of on his own but yeah. in this I think every little relationship that's made is satisfied and has a resolution yeah. every little every little thing, seed that's planted just kind of it grows I, uh, it's allowed to grow yeah, as well yeah. and there is room for that there's loads of awesome action as well though when yeah. uh, towards towards the end they're destroying the town missiles and it's all and it's really good because I think it's spoilers it's, coming now it's, by the way it's, so um, fast forward maybe I think Six, maybe five or six minutes if you don't want to get these <laughs> but, <laughs> massive but it's, spoilers. It's, I think what's good about these type of movies is that it builds to a crescendo so it's not 
smashed into your face from the get-go yeah, do you know what i mean as exactly. in you're, you're getting to to understand the story understand the town the you're getting the feel of the whole place yeah and, and it's not it's a just little small town it's a little podunk fucking drive through like two you, streets you wouldn't believe you wouldn't believe action at the start of the movie either do you know that kind of yeah, way like yeah. you believe a train crash that's that's no problem at all and then it obviously escalates and escalates up um, but, but it's not like like it's not like with like mars attacks or something yeah, you know yeah, where yeah. there's like there is a definite force and you have to do, you can see that gradually at one point, you know, Jackson looks up and there's like some uh, uh, Air Force personnel trucks just, yeah, yeah. just, just trundling into like three of them. Yeah. Just trundling into town. Yeah, yeah. And then later on, he sees some dudes like standing outside the store with guns and they're just like keeping an eye out. And gradually over the space of the, the middle of the movie, yeah. the, the military presence in the town increases and increases and increases. And then they take over. And it's called Operation uh, Walking Distance right. is the name of the operation the mm. Air Force are taking part of. And because it's not working slowly infiltrate, they have to set fire to the grass around the town <laughs> and then the town gets evacuated and all. But it just, uh, it's not like all of a sudden, the National Guard are on the fucking border of the town and they're fighting the 40 foot, the 40 yeah, foot yeah, woman. Yeah. It's like a, a, a creep, a natural creep. Mm. So it's not so... Um, it's sudden uh, or jarring, you could say. Yeah, it's, like it's, Independence Day. Like, let's all shoot the green thing. Yeah, yeah. And let's come together with the yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know, that's a good point. It does actually naturally... A, a, a really nice thing with Woodward, now this is spoilers, the nice thing with Woodward, the fact that he has a massive history, like fast forward if you don't want to hear this, right? Uh, he has a great massive history like with the monster. I know. The monster has a psychic connection via touch. Yep. Uh, Woodward used to work for like the Area 51 crowd yeah, at, yeah, yeah, Air, yeah. Uh, Nellis Air Force Base. He has all of these like mad, mad like qualifications and, and all of this like contacts and stuff. Loads of evidence he keeps in a in a... Uh, like a container out the yeah, back yeah, of the school yeah. and shit like that and the lads break into it mm. and they try to watch these little films of them making the spaceship with the little white blocks like that's fucking class yeah yeah and at the end the last 20 minutes is just like bang 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 resolution 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 so satisfying ending, and, and the thing is that you do go with that as well because yeah. I remember looking at it like and as I said it does come back and it makes sense and you, I think you're always rooting for the kids when they find this out it's as if you're nearly finding out at this, at yeah. this time you're like oh uh, now I know uh, and then it, like do we reveal there's not there's not like with a lot of these kind of movies there's not like these uh very obvious here's a MacGuffin here is an item that has no meaning now and is kind of feeling a bit out of place mm. but you know that somewhere and you're waiting the whole movie going what's he going to use that thing for what's he going to use that thing for yeah, yeah. the MacGuffin was the little white box yeah but at some point, mm. I think before the, even the halfway mark in the movie, there's like, it starts jiggling around at the table and it flies, it flies out through, through the wall. wall. Yeah. And it's gone then. Mm. But it, it played its part. It played its MacGuffin-y part, which, yeah. which was, that was part of the spaceship that this thing needed yeah, yeah. to fly away. And I, I think it's really nice that you can watch a film that you're not like waiting, looking for the thing or what's the, the magic, you know, the... Oh, the amulet that I wore around my neck the whole time—that was the key to the whole thing. And then, because like, I know there's that thing know, in 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 script writing and screenwriting is that yeah. the solution to the overall problem was has to be there from the start, and it has yeah. to be introduced in the first act of the movie. Yeah, and you're like, yeah, okay, yeah, fair yeah. enough, because otherwise you, it's a Deus Ex Machina, and it doesn't feel like there's any kind. Yeah, of... Yeah, there's no, there's no, there's completion to it. There's yeah. no, it's not like it's oh, not a resolution. It's a it's from a, nowhere answer. Like, like, can you imagine in that in, in Super Eight if out of nowhere, do, so, someone in the last ten minutes introduced some sort of kryptonite for the monster and was yeah. like oh why didn't we just use this oh like, yeah sorry here's the antidote to the problem like, like water oh, the worlds like it's like oh, oh fuck, all they have no, to do is breathe me. oxygen <sighs> i hated that movie with a passion because of because of that that new one where it was <laughs> but, like they ran out of money and it yeah. was just uh 
Morgan Freeman going, they all got a cold. That's the end. Please leave. Yeah. You're like, what? Excuse me. But but they, that, that's, um, I yeah, know it has to be introduced. Of, it, but yeah. But the, a lot of the times what they do is they get to the end and go, okay, that's how they die. How are we going to make that happen? And then they just jam it into the first act. Yeah, but this yeah. seems to be written purposefully and it was written and directed by J.J. Abrams. So, so he knew what he was he doing. He knew what he was doing. Uh, a nice quote and one of the best quotes that I think from the film that makes absolutely no sense wasn't introduced it wasn't like a, a an emotional anchor made like from a <laughs> this is a thing his dying mother said the last thing she said before she died or whatever the, the alien has Joe spoilers the alien has Joe in his hands mm. makes the connection sees that Joe's a good guy and we get a really lovely close up uh, uh, image of the of the monster yeah. you know and he pulls back like the secondary eyelids and you get to see into his eyes and they look quite human mm. It could be even an evolution of human, right? And Joe says, apropos of nothing, looks in the alien's eye and says, bad things happen, but you can still live. And then the alien goes, cool, boss. And he puts him down. He's like, you know, you're right. Fair play to you. But it makes no, like that was the only bit in the whole film that I went, what? Didn't like it. What the fuck? made no sense are you thinking because I know that kind of bit it's as if he's talking to his younger brother or something do you know what I mean where he's trying to go at a funeral that he's holding him kind of going you got this pal I know you've struggled through life but you're okay I think that that was what he was going for yeah like it's like I've learned with you and maybe what it was was that the monster was telling that to Joe through psychic powers (laughs) and he wasn't good at English and Joe was just repeating it so Joe didn't even know what he was saying but he was Maybe somebody Speaking to himself exactly. Maybe, via the alien. Maybe somebody out there can can inform us uh, if you want to get onto us at Twitter at White Press Play and tell us did we totally miss no, you one see, of the you pivotal see, moments. Of the he movie. was Joe was saying that to himself because he's finally come to terms with his mother being. Yeah, you can live. Maybe he was talking to his father, Kyle Chambers. Yeah, or, maybe or his Jackson. dad was behind the the monster. He's like, <laughs> Dad, seriously. Dad, this is a really elaborate lesson to, to get me over my mother's death. Just go to AA or something and just sort yourself out, please. Uh, you, you really like Jackson as a character, did you? Can I be honest with you? Yeah. It was just because he was in Early Edition. Is it? <laughs> that that I, I was just like, because Early Edition was one of the shows, I think it was one of those shows when I was a kid I used to watch on a I Saturday morning kind loved of thing. It. And absolutely loved it. And, you know, yeah. fascinated by the fact it that... It was that Earthworm Jim. Oh, Earthworm like Jim. Earthworm Jim and uh, uh, Bug Juice. I used to watch, watch Bug Channel, Juice. Channel 4. It was on like the Channel 4, you know, and a, when the English get a bank holiday, you call in sick to, to, yeah, to yeah, school. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Call in sick to school. No, you pretend you were sick and wouldn't have to go to school. <laughs> call in sick would call be way handier. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Mrs. Jones, I can't, I can't come sick. in. No, but I loved him just because it reminded, kind of added on top of the 80s vibe was seeing him brought me even further back into a regressed childhood state. And I I just loved the fact that the whole, if you haven't seen the TV series, early edition went on for... I think four, four, three or four seasons. And it was basically, he got the paper tomorrow's paper today got it ahead of time a cat brought it to a a black cat brought it to him and he was able to go around and save lives and also bet on the horses and win the whole time (laughs) uh, and continually to win to win the lotto and stuff so i get this hole a lot well yeah you know um which was the main part of early edition you know coming early (laughs) so he he for me was one of the reasons that was a great comedic actor i think Really? And in this, there's a there's a couple of little because he plays that dry like the the guy that things happen to guy. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, in yeah. this, there's a few moments when he's like, ah, you know, like he's saying to the kid, like, hey, I left a couple of slices of pizza in the in the 
fridge for you and one of the other policemen goes oh I ate them and he just <laughs> Kyle is like <laughs> like it's a real oh shit just happens to me vibe off him you know yeah no I don't know if you'd call him he was like was he a supporting actor have I cheated with this one a little bit because I know I think, he's no, I think he was yeah he, he wasn't obviously front and centre because the kids are front and centre yeah but he was part of that that big uh, like dads yeah the yeah, two yeah. dads kind of storyline and the daddy story I think that motivated like their relationship also motivated the illicit nature of Alice and Joe's relationship so mm. like he is a pretty important uh, character I didn't like uh, Lewis's uh, hair or the blondie hair and I was like that's some shit wig and then you look at that guy's actual hair and that's his actual like, hair oh they couldn't get him to wear a wig <laughs> could have oh, shaved his head for that money yeah. but um, I think uh, I think that this movie is de- a definite must watch like for the special effects for the story that's in it like if you don't like aliens, if you're trying to get your girlfriend to watch it you know, because it, it, it looks it, like she likes the Goonies. She'll love it because it, it'll turn out to be a love story. Absolutely. There's everything for everybody in this. There's sadness and misery and love and reconciliation <laughs> yeah. and, and love triangles. It's like, uh, I don't want to say Notting Hill or something like that. It's, it's a chick flick with aliens in a way. I do think so. There's, mm. there's a lot of resolutions. There's no dark, like... Uh, uh, you know foreboding uh, there's a little bit of suspense at the start when you have yeah. like the alien arms reaching out and kind of grabbing lads and you're like oh what's going on here but there's a resolution to everything and it does have both sides of action and yeah, the and, loveliness and, and like that was I which was, is real it's real people like what would really happen if really that's exactly kid, like a 12 year old boy will use any excuse to try and get a girl to, to like fall will spend him. most of his life learning how to edit video and audio on podcasts yeah. to try and impress girls um, uh, no I think that's because for me I kept skipping over it and just been like yeah whatever I don't want to watch it and it was yeah. super eight and I didn't even know what it was about and had no idea what it was and then just was like oh this is I was annoyed at myself for having not watched it earlier or seen it in the cinema yeah, I think the cinema it missed a lot of people in the cinema. Yeah, two thousand and eleven, JJ Abrams hadn't really got his his uh, full chops yet. He had done stuff like um, well, he done he done like episodes of stuff. No, yeah, he, he done, done lost episodes stuff, of and... Alias. Did you know he even directed episodes of the US Office? Some no of the, way. Some Did of the he? darker episodes, absolutely. He directed uh, What About Brian? I remember Felicity, the one with the, the lawyer yeah, with yeah. the curly hair. A few of yeah. those uh, he did. Um, uh, Lost then he did like a, bu- a whole bunch of episodes he was the executive producer producer and director mm. of, of some of them like he had a big hand in Lost yeah, yeah. and that kind of cemented his career he got to meet a lot of people through yeah, that yeah. and it, it, because it won so many um, I never so many awards and so, oh Lost man it's, and it still stands up I've watched it like recently like two years ago Go I, get, I, I couldn't get into it go jump into it now there like was you like have a bit of clouds, black clouds, and there was polar bears. But it all like, works. Nah, it all right. works, man. I'm telling you, go back, like, power through the first season. Okay. And and you'll be in. Okay. Second season is great. A lot of people don't like it. Get get into it. <laughs> um, and and he he had a load of it's basically TV credits. This is his first proper movie, yeah. 2011. Then he was handed that same year the the Mission Impossible uh, sequel, Ghost Protocol. Yeah. Smashed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got Simon Pegg on board. Yeah. And then Simon Pegg and him had a, like a long-lasting friendship and great personal relationship. Simon Pegg ended up being Scotty then in the new Star Trek films. He did um, Star Trek uh, and then Star Trek Into Darkness. 
and uh, Almost Human, the TV, the, the, the cyborg TV show, you can get that on Netflix now as well. He was the executive producer, producer right. and director of some of those yeah, yeah. Uh, from season, the first season. Mm. And he did the one, Revolution, which is the um, post-apocalyptic regeneration of yeah, Humanity yeah. Village uh, uh, TV show. He did another Mission Impossible. Then he's doing the, uh, the episode seven of Star Wars. Like yeah. He's handed Star Wars. Um, Cloverfield he did the TV series 112263 which we talked about on those conspiracy guys about JFK and uh, starring James Franco went back in time to try and stop JFK getting killed uh, he, he did 103 episodes of Person of Interest with Jim Caviezel sorry go back to that one about stopping have you not seen that one I, I think I saw the pilot for that is that oh, when it's in a cafe no. He starts in the cafe and, and goes he back goes in time. The cupboard in the back brings him to a certain point in and time. If people, yeah, and if people notice him, shit starts happening. It yeah. draws too much attention. I love that. The past tries to stop him from but changing I only the ever, past. Was that a series? Yes, yeah, like I, I saw the pilot episodes. Watch I, it, man. I, oh, no, because I've been waiting for that to come out. I saw that in the cinema at like a, a, one of those uh, media junket days. Yes. And I just thought... It's fucking whopper. It, it was amazing. It's partly... I think partly some of it's written or produced at least by James Franco and, and that crowd. Yeah. But, like, it's down to, like, the fucking material they make in the bow ties and shit like that. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. immaculately made. That's really, that, really well I done. really enjoyed that. I didn't think I was going to like it. And then I was he, like, he, oh, wow. James Franco, in, 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 it's based on a, a story by Stephen King. And he, he infests yeah, the yeah, life yeah, yeah. of a Lee Harvey Oswald and goes through all that. Yeah. It's fucking whopper, man. Like, uh, 11 um, he did Star Trek Beyond then yep. he produced that uh, doing uh, America Divided he's the fucking executive producer on Westworld like this lad is like top 10 yeah. hits like bang 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 um, he, the stuff that's coming up now is The Last Jedi I think that's episode 9 is that right? that will be correct I think um, right. episode 8 episode so, 8 because the, the episode and 9 is, is in pre-production apparently yeah, right it's now not, um, it hasn't been named yet but it's uh, episode 9 he got put on because people were messing with it he has the new Cloverfield he's the new mission impossible like this boy can't do any wrong like he is fucking reinventing our ch- like I'm, I'm waiting for a Goonies reboot I'm waiting for something like <laughs> like he could literally give I would trust him with anything from my childhood to really? make into him yeah absolutely because he has it he knows exactly what it needs he sprinkles a bit of love on it like this mm. had nothing but love in it yeah yeah this was a fucking this was like a um a love letter to Steven Spielberg and the 80s like it was, yeah, it definitely was. all the best bits of all of those things all the fa- like the familial uh, uh, relationships and tenderness as well as like explosions like the explosions, <laughs> explosions were, and aliens that first episode of Lost when the plane explodes and all yeah. that was like tiny budget compared to this and you could see with the technology and everything that's advanced like how good yeah. the first 15 minutes of this looks with that train crash mm. you're like fuck yeah. brilliant you know um, so if we had like like we like to do on Wipers Play if you had one reason why Cormac that you would get people to watch this what would it be what would your one reason be uh, the one reason is that for me it's very much real life and yeah. it's, it, it's real life genuine and not overloaded with CGI bullshit and, and for its story you get that very rarely with the type of content it's dealing with. So it's it's the ET meets Goonies, and it's it's my one reason is because you can enjoy the story and it's just not overloaded with all that CGI shit, which too many movies these days are. Awesome. Uh, my one reason why would be quite similar uh, in that it concentrates more on the relationships between the people, and it's not focused on the monster and how cool to make the monster look. It's like how the people yeah. react to each other and how the relationships are based between the kids who are the real stars of the show. Yeah, yeah definitely. And they're amazing performances by all of Absolutely. them. Absolutely. Really, really good. Yeah. Um, Elf, Elf Fanning is 
Just bring oh, she's it, brilliant. Bring a tear to a glass eye. And uh, Joel Courtney, who plays Joe, but especially Riley Griffiths. Like, I want to look, see where that kid is now, and what, and what he's going to be in Chandler, the future. Chandler, they should reboot the early edition series. Uh, absolutely. With aliens. <laughs> <laughs> the alien drops the What's, newspaper, go forth. It'll just be Trump on the, on the front cover it every would day. Actually be, yeah, it'll just be like, like Kyle Chandler living with Donald Trump, <laughs> stopping yeah. him from doing all the stuff one, from tomorrow. God, yeah. Donald. Oh, Dan. <laughs> Um, so that's it for this time on White Press Play that was Super 8 directed by J.J. Abrams uh, a movie from 2011 mm. a definite thumbs up for me oh definite thumbs up White Press go, Play just go Press Play go and, go and watch that shit on Netflix it's on Netflix now mm, yep. uh, if you're listening to this in the future it was on Netflix where were you uh, but I'm sure you could find it on some kind of a website somewhere don't say nothing uh, uh, not promoting piracy but uh, yeah. I'm sure you could watch it someplace uh, if, you, if anything in the show we, we brought up we were, it was incorrect or we brought up a talking point that you want to talk more about you can get onto us on social media uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Pinterest. We have a Reddit over there, r slash play, And we also have a Discord server where you can get in and have the chats with other people as well as me. Uh, make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube, on Vidme, on Twitch.tv. Uh, we'll be streaming and uploading videos to there. Maybe not so much on YouTube, but uh, definitely on Vidme <laughs> and Twitch. Uh, YouTube are going a bit odd. And uh, if you did like the show and you want to support it, uh, head over to patreon.com slash play and drop a $2 there. You get loads of extra stuff like outtakes from the show, uh, pictures of my weenus. <laughs> that's the skin on my elbow. Uh, and you also get uh, early access to uh, all the episodes and to the videos that we're going to be putting up on on Twitch, as well as exclusive access to uh, live shows and uh, early access to videos from streaming games from PS4, Steam, and some of the old Mega Drive and SNES games as well. So subscribe to this, leave a review on iTunes if you don't mind. I don't really care, but uh, iTunes seem to like it now with this new iOS 11 that mm. seems to bump us up to the very tippy top. I'd like to thank Cormac Moore. No, thank you very much for having us on. Absolutely. Uh, you can find Cormac at Karma uh, Comedy at on Karma Twitter. Comedy on Twitter and Instagram, and for his uh, podcast Project Ten, which is uh, taking interviews from people uh, all over Dublin, Ireland, uh, indeed the world. the world, and talking about some of the issues that are happening in society today. It's good crack. It also takes a little bit of a. It's not too too serious. Doesn't take itself too seriously, but uh, there is uh, some serious talk going on and uh, something to really scratch your brain if you want to get into that. That's at Project Ten. Uh, uh, Project10podcast.com and at P10podcast on at all the social media profiles Twitter, so Instagram. P10podcast. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Love it. Uh, so get over on that. And it's also on iTunes or anywhere you get podcasts. The usual places, yeah. So thanks for listening. This has been My Press Play. Goodbye.